0: for the best ball bash jwb fantasy football's home for everything best ball i'm your host as always wyatt and today i am joined by my good friend thomas who you can find on twitter at thomas tipple ff and today we're gonna be getting you ready for the best ball mania four coming back to the underdog should be here real soon and we're going to talk about it but before we do that, let's roll that intro. I'm Sad, I talked about Michael because I feel like right <laughs> now in the chat and people are talking about me and Michael. I'm not here for it. Okay. <laughs> I actually have a, an unfortunate amount of any picket exposure so far, and it makes no sense to me. Like, why did people hate him right now? Is it because he played injured? I mean, the way I wouldn't be happy is if you tell me you want to draft Jameson Williams. <laughs> 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 Thomas, how are we doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be back. This is the fastest turnaround time for me to be here. That there's <laughs> ever been. Last time it took well over a year. <laughs> I don't know what I did to deserve the timeout, but we're we're back for another round.
0: Hey, I'm happy to have you anytime. I can talk to you. I'm I'm happy to do it. Got a got a couple people in the chat. Happy mm-hmm. to see you, fancy Football to Garage, uh, Toronto Dave. As always, appreciate you.
1: Huge, um, so, huge shout
0: out TD. Huge. Yeah, I mean he's the best. I, I basically every show he's the best. You yeah. always say it. I'm pretty Uh, sure no
1: one would know anyone was live if TD. (laughs)
0: Yeah, if he wasn't telling us all that everybody is live. It's true.
1: TD, two to three weeks and I meet you in person, homie. So let's lock that in.
0: Yeah. Uh, Got some other hellos in here. Thank you for joining us. Um, Yeah, I mean, quickly, let's just shout out Toronto Dave. If you're not following Toronto Dave on Twitter already, you honestly should be because he's like the most supportive person dude out there. Um, We're big fans of Toronto Dave. Oh, yeah. But uh, let's talk about some best ball. We're going to be getting ready for Best Ball Mania 4 coming up here. Uh, we're in between tournaments, so we're chatting, just chatting today. But, Thomas, I wanted to ask you, you know, as this comes, we've already had two big tournaments happen. We've had the big board, we've had the big board, Superflex. From mm. those two tournaments, was there anything that you took from those this year that you can try and put towards Best Ball Mania
1: 4? Uh, I mean... Uh, underdog fantasy is getting sharper right when it comes to, when it comes to best ball I think that's one thing uh we talked about last week with Scott Barrett was that he he thinks that underdog is is the sharper obviously we have like I don't know like Yahoo and there's other sources for best ball and stuff but it's getting sharper on underdog which means sure. you have to be more uh, ear to the ground on what is happening and be willing to diversify even more than you used to so with all the, uh, the last two tournaments the super flex and the last big board uh you couldn't just have the same thought process if you went in with like i'm going to do this i'm going to do that this i'm absolutely 100 taking three quarterbacks five running backs x amount of receivers it may not necessarily work for you. you're going to end up reaching being left behind you you have to be more prepared I feel like than ever before.
0: Yeah, it's, it's true. Like, I mean, we always say, you know, going into any draft, no matter the format, stay water, right? That's the phrase. You always have to let the draft come to you. But the funny thing about best ball is because it's still kind of new. It wasn't that long ago. You could literally just enter these best ball drafts and say, I'm drafting zero RB. I'm drafting here. RB because that's, we kind of know this is what you're supposed to do. And none of people have caught up to that yet. So I can just do that. I can just force it and it's going to be fine. That's gone. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as tournaments opened this year, the ADP was already shooting all these wide receivers up and that was gone. And you had to really start to adjust your plans in draft, you know?
1: Yeah. Again, that's right. And there's more sources of information, right? As underdog gets bigger. I mean, it's the same thing when you're in the dynasty headspace, right? You're in that locked uh, Twitter um you know youtube even twitch now kind of um grouping you're just going to start playing with smarter and smarter people i now have drafted enough that there are certain people that when they are in my lobby i know already and they're not people i know outside of underdog from what i understand it's just so many drafts i get in with the same people and i go that's not great so yeah uh, like, I got to bring it, which is why I also have a hard time with slow drafts. I have a hard time uh, yeah. with slow drafts because I have to think about it too much. Fast drafts, I feel like I have an advantage, mm-hmm. or at least I used to.
0: It's the dynamic between fast and slow drafts is really interesting. Um, I think that a lot of times in fast drafts, you can catch some people slipping, right? Because of 32nd clock and find yourself in some spots that uh, you wouldn't normally get in slow drafts when people have all the time in the world to make their picks. Right. But in slow drafts, we have that like dynamic of like things can happen in the NFL while your draft is happening. that yeah. completely throw things on the head. Sometimes you end up getting big values because of it, because you happen to be on the guy on the clock when an injury happens to a starting running back, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah. And, and, Man, talk about the the changes and differences that you can make um like in a draft. You can have, you know, if you're slow drafting and this one best ball draft takes you four or five days. Well, guess what? If you start one right tomorrow or in two days from now, you're gonna run right into the draft and your whole thing's out the window. So yeah, I can't I can't do that especially now.
0: Uh, Omega in the chat is mentioning that BBM two, BBM three, and uh, Cap. Um, I don't know why I can't remember what acronym that's for. But who won uh, the regular season? One million are all fast drafters. Oh, King Cap is the name of the person who won the the BBM three regular oh. season. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, all fast drafters. That's that's interesting, right there. I believe uh, weren't the the regular season winner. Of BBM3 and BBM3 tournament winner were drafted on the same day, July 18th, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Omega, I, I bet Omega can fact check me on that, but uh, those well, fast I mean, I
1: mean, Best Ball Mania was won by what? Pat Green, right?
0: Yes, by Pat, yeah. the, one yeah. Pat the one and only Pat Green. The
1: one and only Pat Uh, You can find him on the full tilt. Uh, he was just on. You
0: can. Yes, very good episode. Week.
1: Yeah, shout out.
0: Yeah, Omega is confirming that that was true. Yeah, so, okay, so. Now thinking forward to Best Ball Mania Four, um, are there any players you know that like you already think you're going to be trying to target?
1: Um, just just the ones that that are. Uh, this is going to sound really lame, but the stackable at cost is something yeah, that yeah. I'm looking at immediately. I'm not looking to target a favorite player or favorite let's say team i know um Derek brown who joined us on the fantasy points uh best ball breakdown was saying that he is trying his hardest to stack new york giants he thinks they're a top five top six seven offense next year and he's he's pushing those players up the draft board for himself i will i won't do that i understand there's offenses we like but guess what chances are if there's offenses that you like there's offenses that the Hundred plus thousand people drafting in that giant tournament, yeah. Also, like, so that's not how you're gonna find uh, that advantage. So, for me, there's it's not a single player, it's specific stacks I'm looking for because the cost is nice. Uh, one of those for me is I'm doing the Jordan Love Green Bay stacks, Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, and quite cheap, uh, uh Christian Watson all cheap down the board. You can have a a one, two other quarterbacks and then build a green Bay stack out.
0: Yeah. So it's a really easy secondary stack to get. Yes,
1: absolutely. If you want to have like a high, super high upside naked quarterback for, you know, whatever reason you can draft a rookie, you can draft AR 15, you can draft Bryce young, whatever your high upside quarterback is, that's naked. And then your third quarterback can essentially be your second stack. It's just it's interesting ways to play with it. So I'm looking at the low ADP stacks um, more than I'm looking at maybe trying to rush a Joe Burrow chase stack.
0: No, I dig it. I think that's something that you have to be thinking about all the time. And I think having an idea of those teams going in is a really thing to, good thing to do. Like during the big board, um, I was targeting the Browns a good, good amount, not just because I'm a Browns fan, but because yeah. they, were, they, they were all cheap. I thought, you know, for based on cost, like you could have Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, David Onjoku for like, you know, like I think it was like a fourth and eighth and a 10th. Like, sure. that, I, And I think that they're they're in for a really good year this year. So like knowing those things really helps you in draft. Um, I think it can help make some tiebreakers for you early in early rounds when you're planning further down the draft. Like in the first round, we had that pocket of first round ride receivers where it was like, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams. Well, only two of those people are their quarterbacks like easily draftable. Like the other two, you have mm-hmm. to draft their quarterback in round two, or you don't get them. So, yeah, it can make you lean towards Hill or Adams, knowing that you don't have to reach or you know draft their quarterback in round two. It's easier to draft Tua in you know round four or five, wherever he's going to be going in in BBM four, um, and then you know Devonte Adams. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is way down there. Um, yeah. Now there's some rumors that they might be coming up for a quarterback in this draft. So we'll see what happens there. You know, that could, that could throw things a bit, but I, that is something that uh, is really important when, as you're entering these drafts is to recognize team stacks, when they're going, like with the rounds in which these stacks are happening. So you can plan ahead uh, and which ones you like. So when you're going in, you could be thinking about, Oh yes. Like if I make this pick in this round, like it leads me down the path of this is how I grab this
1: yeah that's how you have to look at it. you're setting up your stacks by looking errors at it. or oh I'm yep. sorry no nope. go ahead um
0: are there any players that uh you th- or teams or anything like that that you think that you're gonna be trying to fade you are going into BBM for
1: uh Jacksonville um all the all their prices are gonna sky I was gonna say is
0: that because they're all expensive?
1: Yeah, and I think that you're very limited. So, what I mean by that is people are going to think that uh, okay, well, Trevor Lawrence, he's it. He's not even one of the top, you know, six quarter. He's he's not seven, so he's not even one of the top top six quarterbacks. I can net him. Oh, and then I'll get Ingram, and then I'll be able to pair Ridley and Kirk. Maybe early that'll be more possible. But let me tell you if if dynasty rankings are any indication which they definitely can be yeah uh calvin ridley's not going to be chilling where he is right now very long i mean the yeah. dude changed his number and oh yeah and his value seems to have gone up he's already <laughs> he's already at wide receiver 18 i can you see him to passing Amari, rankings Debo. i can see him uh, passing guys like DK and Higgins and Devonta Smith and Chris olave because the last time we saw him, he it was, quote, here. unquote. Look, I'm not saying it will happen. I can right. see it happening. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was, um in all accounts, before, like, when we saw him last, people were talking about it was a top five dynasty wide receiver.
0: I mean, he, he was He's, wide receiver four. Then he had yeah. a season where he ended up not playing. Exactly. Season and then though.
1: even the year that he played, Four or five games is target shares and everything were more or the same. Now, yeah, I have been pro sell Calvin Ridley in Dynasty. However, right now, I'm going to be pro fade Calvin Ridley once he starts moving up to that wide receiver 17, 16, 15, 14. Love his spot now. I think maybe early this is a team that you can try to attack, but I think the Jacksonville hype is yeah. only going to go up. They, Draft an offensive lineman here, they, you know, yeah. draft a tight end in that second there. And then all of a sudden this team just starts getting that you know, second year Peterson hype. It's gonna be kind of unattainable. So maybe getting it early is the advantage, but
0: we'll see. I'm I'm with you. The I was surprised where their ADPs opened up at when tournaments first started, when like when the big board first started, they were already, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a fourth round pick. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a fourth round pick. Christian Kirk's a fifth round pick. Like, what are we doing? I mean, like, I'm ex- I'm excited for the Jaguars, but we're already drafting them at their ceiling, in my opinion. And especially, right. and, and especially in Ridley's case, I can't put him over Christian Kirk for this year. Where, Which where side do you fall on that, Christian Kirk or Ridley?
1: Whoever's cheaper. Um, That's, that's my problem is 150 targets, 145 targets is kind of what you're going to end up needing for him to hit his like peak peak ceiling and where's that coming from i under mm-hmm. i totally understand that he's an alpha wide receiver okay so when the people are gonna start coming <laughs> at me and throwing fists i get it yeah ingram 100 targets uh yeah. christian kirk i think had 125 targets i think have more than that okay uh i know actually- zay jones and Mar like zay jones had a hundred and god it had to have been 110-plus targets. So you're walking into a situation where... Yeah, there you go. You're looking at Kirk, Ingram, Zay, multiple players with over 100 targets, and I know the argument is Ridley is better than all three of those guys. Yeah, absolutely he could be, but you're not just subtracting 30 targets from each player and slapping it onto Calvin Ridley. Is yeah. Trevor Lawrence going to increase his passing volume by... 80 to 90 attempts doubt it. So I
0: we need it for these
1: ADPs. 100% we do not saying it isn't impossible, but it's not probable that you have multiple hits on this offense from that situation. And I'll take who's cheaper. Uh, Christian Kirk is obviously not an every week guy. Anyway, he is definitely an attack the slot matchup like his best games. We're really only yeah. against teams that allowed like heavy slot points over expected. And it showed, but those games were wide receiver one esque games, So I'll yeah. take that at cheaper because for Ridley, he, head, he has weeks. to do that every week.
0: You, you've, you've definitely got uh in his game log, you see games where he's like less than seven points, right? Um That does happen to him. Um But I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think that, if you're in on Calvin Ridley, either you think Trevor Lawrence, like you said, is going to like throw another 80 times this year, or he's just going to vaporize the people around him. And I just don't think that the latter will be true at all, because I think that Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram are good players. Uh, they're going to command their volume, too. Um, and them increasing their passing volume that much is just its a lot. Um, you, know
1: what's, you know what's amazing is that Trevor Lawrence actually reduced his passing totals. Mm-hmm. Like his rookie year was 602, his sophomore year was 584.
0: Well, here's so the thing, right? Like he, reg-
1: he regressed a little bit in attempts, and now we're we want another eight to what 14-15% boost from that, which would only be another eight percent boost realistically, given yeah. where he were from his uh from his rookie year. I, I think it's kind of wild. Obviously, the touchdowns and stuff can come through. You know, 25 passing touchdowns. That's not bad. It can go up. A lot of that was second half, and yet you provided some rushing upside. Do we get more, or do they maybe draft a running back in the third and fourth round and help out ETN and pound that rot? Like,
0: yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Like, it's gonna the, be
1: good. But it's the Jaguars be spread
0: out. are looking like the cream of the crop of the AFC South. We expect oh. them to like win that division. I most people expect them to win that division if you think they're going to pass that much, they're going to have such a pass rate over high pass rate over expected. It's going to be wild because they're going to be winning games. Um, When teams win games, they tend to run a little bit more. Uh, Like it's just hard to imagine Trevor Lawrence passing enough to warrant the ADPs of both of them. Now, like you said, drafting later one, I kind of support that idea just because I do think they're going to be really good. So like, I kind of want exposure to the offense in general, I'll also just take it in the form of like Evan Ingram, um, that's fine by me. I don't think his ADP has been too bad so far. Um, but if I had to pick, I'm just taking Christian Kirk at cost compared to the rest of them. Right.
1: Uh, if I were to just go down and look, he's wide receiver twenty six. So, I'd ADP fifty seven point two Ridley ADP seventy five point six Kirk. You're getting you know around plus. Yeah. To wait on Kirk. So I just, to me, that's, that's the play for me.
0: Yeah. Were there any other teams or players specifically that you're, you're not thinking you're going to be interested in Minnesota. Okay. Talk to me about that.
1: Um, Jefferson, obviously super high pick. I don't mind having him. I think he's great. Hawkinson though, at ADP 52.3. Mm-mm. I understand people love Mr. Hawkinson. Their pass rate over expected was actually insane. Uh, Christian Kirk was back there throwing the ball like Tom Brady levels. Uh, it, it was it was insane. I expect them to draft another wide receiver. I do, do not expect Hawkinson's designed play rate to stay. I think it was at like an insane 26-some percent when he got to Minnesota when it was a measly – I think it was under 13% in Detroit – if I'm not mistaken, and a lot of that came from that one big game he had to start the year. I, I just think his usage was kinda out of pocket. I know that the Hawkinson tight end two and tight end three and dynasty people are gonna be maybe think my voice is more shrill when I say that. I'm sorry. Um I just don't see it, and there's other tight ends that I would prefer. Over him, even though the tight end landscape is pretty gross, but Jawan Johnson sitting at tight end seventeen seems. Very I have easy so much Jawan Johnson. He's just <laughs> easy. He's the easy stack. That's my favorite stack is the New Orleans ones because all of them are reasonably it's so priced.
0: Easy to do.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and also, we don't know what's going on with Dalvin Cook. So, are you are you going to? He catches passes. So you want to, in my opinion, stack a running back with your quarterback if he is catching passes. Right. Um, I know some people would say that limits your upside. Um, after talking with Chris Weck, enough it can definitely boost it if the wide receiving core is bad enough. And I think Minnesota's yeah. wide receiving core is bad enough. Um, so Minnesota to me, just not, not it, especially so, uh, again. I, we don't I, know what's I'm happening.
0: here for the, the Hawkinson fade. Um, I can't, I think. It's- it's- JJ Jack JJ if I can get that out, uh did okay. some work on that. It basically, like Hawkinson didn't change who he was when he got to Minnesota. He still has the same efficiency metrics as he had Detroit. Mm-hmm. He just got much more volume in Minnesota because after Justin Jefferson, there was nobody.
1: Right. Now was, and and specifically design. You want yeah, yeah I mean, let's basically design design just like he right. just
0: settled down in these short zones when, mm-hmm. when J Jeff wasn't open. Kirk Cousins would just take the, the eight-yard completion. That's basically, he just did that over and over again, right? Right.
1: Um.
0: Now, if you think that the way this offense is currently composed in that offense, you know, receiving-wise, is going to stay this way, I can get behind wanting to draft TJ Hawkinson. I just have a hard time believing they're going to go into the season with K.J. Osborne as their wide receiver, too, and essentially nothing behind him. They were definitely adding pieces there. It wouldn't surprise me if they added a piece early in the draft. It wouldn't surprise me if they... You know, I don't know. like, honestly, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is a good, you know, piece for them to try and add just because I think they're think they're still competing. I don't know. But my point is that I think they're definitely adding to the room. I'm not sure TJ Hawkinson is going to get the same volume he was getting once he got to Minnesota.
1: So seeing as how it's the draft this week, um, I'm more inclined to say that they spend on a Mims, a Tillman, Mm-hmm. Uh, than anything An outside
0: else. receiver, for sure.
1: Correct. Because then they can play Hawkinson in the slot. And for yeah. some reason, they looked at the Baltimore Ravens death chart, and they went, you know what we absolutely need to help <laughs> this passing game grow? is Josh Oliver. Uh, I mean, we that should was a good thing sign him right? to a three-year contract at that much money.
0: That was a great thing for Hawkinson, though. Because, I mean, that's... That's a blocking tight end. That's going to free up Hawkinson to play in the spot, as you are saying.
1: I just found it hilarious. Oh, it's very good. It's also why I think they're drafting an outside wide receiver, not a guy like Mm -hmm. Downs or Flowers or whatever. Regardless of who you think is going to be there when the Vikings pick, I don't think it's going to be one of the small slot guys. I think think they're going outside, even if it's a a Hyatt, who's literally just a Jalen Guyton, prototype uh, <laughs> the, the full back of wide receivers, just sapping away coverage as far as he
0: can. Yeah. For the love of the game routes, just running downfield.
1: Exactly. Like the Hyatt types are basically just Kyle use check, but for receivers, because that's, they're not there to be super relevantly productive. I catch with, with production. So yeah, I think that might go that wa- route, but if they do take a more productive Esque player, I think somebody again like Tillman or Mims in that second round is going to really stand out, and I think that's going to hurt Hawkinson enough. He has to sustain that, and I don't, I don't see that. I don't.
0: Well, while we're on Hyatt, um, I'm going to say real quick that despite not thinking he's very good prospect and having a lot of concerns about what he can do in the NFL, I've drafted a good amount in the underdog just because it, we know what his role is going to be, and that's running downfield. Right.
1: If sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, if he can have just a few games where he catches a long touchdown, like it's going to be worth the cost in in Best Ball. That's
1: crazy. Wide receiver sixty one, but you could just get Zay Jones at wide receiver fifty eight, and be better, probably better off than you would with Jalen Hyatt.
0: I mean, it's I mean, it's, a, it's a good conversation. Rashid um,
1: Shahid just after, I mean, if you want the same oh, thing. I, well, I have a bunch of Shahid too. Sure. So. <laughs> I mean, well, that's that's we'll the other the thing, Wyatt. When you draft 672,421 best ball teams, I expect you to have a good amount of everybody after, you know, the 12th round. So that's, that's another <laughs> part, which is why diversifying is also very important.
0: Yes. You know, that's, that is something that we definitely have to talk about and that's, diversifying um i want to know like what are your thoughts on doing it purposefully is it something that you do between tournaments within the tournament like do you never ever ever get like uh a certain player get above a certain exposure uh do you manage that within tournaments do you only manage that between tournaments do you have thoughts on that
1: i'm act i'm constantly actively diversifying in every format that i play in right Mm -hmm. because if you're looking at Applying that from Dynasty to Best Ball, because a lot of people going to Best Ball are, are looking for an escape from Dynasty that I found because they want to use their brain differently. And we diversify in Dynasty, or at least I think you should be. If you're playing in Best Ball, chances are you are portfolio playing. And in your portfolio, if you have all in on one thing, it, it limits your opportunity to hit. So you should be actively diversifying different stacks, different structures, different, you know, even if you look at winter last year, Pat Corain and and ship chasing, it's zero RB getting them like watching them draft an RB like Ben Gretch, Pat (laughs) Corain, all those guys uh, watching them draft an RB. You have to almost watch them fight one another to be able to do it. Now he drafted a hero RB and Austin Eckler won the whole damn thing. Now you're going to see like, I have to draft hero RB. You're going to go in and I have to draft here What if that's not it this year? What if that's not, you know, mm-hmm. outside the norm enough? You didn't diversify and you locked in and you're like, this is my running back. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to draft either Barkley. I'm going to draft Eckler. I'm going to draft McCaffrey. And that's going to be the basis of my team. And you didn't switch it up. Then heaven forbid they go down. Now all of your teams are essentially out the window or potentially out the window, unless you really hit somewhere late you're in big big trouble diversifying is that important if you don't and one or two things go wrong or a shocking trade happens mid-season or someone goes down and a player you're relying on's role completely changes we mac jones goes away and zappy is in now you you don't know what's going to happen or i guess the way it looked last year if mac jones or if Zappi goes down and Mac Jones comes in, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, you have to be able to diversify because this isn't a managed league. You, as the player, don't get to make the roster changes and scour the waiver wire. You, you don't get to do that. So you have to trust in diversifying rather than than trusting just your straight-up I'm smart enough to beat the system because you might feel that way, but remember you're playing against not 12 people, not 15 people, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I, I more so lean towards making sure I have some amount of diversification going and I don't uh, let an exposure get too crazy uh, in general, but I also think that let's, there's a lot of, individual bets that I just don't care like I'm just going to keep making them as long Mm. as they make it available to me um like for instance in the big board when it opened up Rashad Penny was going in the 170s and my thought all along was he's going to sign a nice contract a contract somewhere to have a role because teams know he's really good but and he's going to be really cheap because he's always injured so teams will take the chance on them so I'm just going to keep making that bet But as soon as he got (laughs) signed by the Eagles, I stopped drafting him because he jumped six rounds, you know, like there was just no point. So like, while that price is available to me, I'll keep taking it over and over again. So it it is ever changing. Like also because I know I got all of that Rashad Penny in the big board. I drafted none in the big board super flex because I've got plenty of it. You know, I there's that's how I'm diversifying that now is I'm just not drafting him really in this tournament unless maybe he falls past adp at to a certain point that i do but because i already know how ha- i have a bunch in that tournament i'm not going to really focus on it in this one um that way i don't overload it throughout the tournaments as well
1: see i think i think that's fine i think every tournament resets my my willingness for exposure because each tournament is different people yeah. approach each tournament differently so if i still get the same bets the same deals it's a good chance i might still jump on them
0: well, right, and, and it you're depends right. on the cost of those too, right? Like they're going to be – sometimes they're just going to be like, I can't pass this up.
1: You're right. And in the, you're right. In the curious case of Rashad Penny, uh, everyone's just immediately expecting him to rush for 14, 1,500 yards and have 15 touchdowns until he doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So all the people that are still like, yeah, I'm absolutely going to draft him six rounds higher. Well, then why though? Like you've already got him at the best cost he's going to be. What's your advantage? Cause that running back spot isn't as fruitful as people really think it is. If you look at what Miles Sanders is able to do in his Damian Harris like role, you're really looking at at best what Damian Harris? Miles Sanders from last year, which guys, he wasn't that good last year in
0: points. Yeah, Miles Sanders had a fantastic year, and he was like a low end RB2.
1: Exactly, because he has a Boston Scott problem, which Rashad Penny is gonna have, which is gonna sap four touchdowns away from the Giants. Realistically, don't draft Penny. <laughs> just draft Boston Scott because you know you're guaranteed four touchdowns against the Giants.
0: It's true. Last round, Boston Scott. You yeah, heard it here every first. Time. Every time. Um, which reminds me of something. Before I get to, I want to in the chat. Yeah, Chadrick. I get justification, but you won't convince me to get my Christian Watson, Jordan Love exposure below fifty percent, which goes right along with what you were saying earlier as uh, right. a team you wanted to target in uh, in Best Ball Mania Four. But and- you 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 made me think of something that I think is an important note for these tournaments. Um, especially now that we're going to start having, you know, NFL activities while Ball Mania Four is going on, that you have to think about when a player's ADP changes depending on like where we are in the tournament. There were already people drafting him at his old mm-hmm. at their old ADP. So for instance, in the big board, I got all my exposure at Rashad Penny at the one seventies. All the people who are drafting him at one ten. They just lost to me on closing line value. I so like it's just one of those things you have to think about. Like, you have to beat all the people who got him at a later round, and right. they've got the value there already.
1: It's like say you drafted 65% exposure to Rashad Penny, and you kept drafting Rashad Penny after his ADP shot up a bit, when most other people Maybe he didn't. I mean, his 80 average draft position is what it is, so obviously a bunch of people are drafting him there. Maybe if yeah. you were the one that kept going, you aided the ADP going up. Some people would salute you for it. Those people are the ones taking Gainwell later. Boston Scott in the 20th round. If we wake up tomorrow and Derrick Henry's actually been traded to Philly, <laughs> rip, goodbye, you're done. And maybe drafting a player that late, doesn't hurt too bad because you've got other situations. Well, what if you really waited on running back? And then you Mm -hmm. kept hammering his at his new ADP. It's it's washed. You need a lot of things to happen for that to be relevant for you. It's if you're not diversifying, you're leaving yourself open to something happening and ruining all of your teams. Like you say 50 percent. That's insane to me. I actively try to keep my exposures down to 26% or under actively. If I can help it, obviously that's not possible for every player. Juwan Johnson. So free. I understand how people aren't just drafting him, right? People are drafting Kyle Pitts in the fifth round. Still just (laughs) neglecting that his knee exploded halfway through the year, right? Middle, middle to late season. If I remember that correctly, it, What's the return rate on players coming back like that? Not great. Not great. There's also history that tracks like pulled quads and pulled muscles when a receiver comes back and they okay, well now they're missing 2 to 3 games and they're not 100% We're on an offense that was one of the lowest throwing volume offenses in the last 10 to 15 years. How much higher do we think they're going to go? And they probably have Desmond Mitter out there at quarterback. Mitting it up all over the place. Uh You're drafting Kyle Pitts in the fifth round for what? Draft Juwan Johnson way later, because if the upside is four catches for 120 yards and a touchdown, I challenge you to go look at Juwan Johnson's stat line. That's what he is, and now he has Derek Carr. So yeah. why? Why? Why stop it? Not yeah. just... Hmm.
0: I, I oh, tend to keep. Kyle my... Pitts
1: was a disappointment last year, but this year, off of an ACL, that's gonna be it. I love Kyle Pitts and Dynasty, but I don't understand if you're looking at how. What was the story last year? Why and how disappointing he was? I couldn't even put him in my lineup. Oh, he didn't, he didn't give me nothing. He you're was like, actively no. hurting people. Hey, that time off because of the ACL. That's gonna do it. That's that's what's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> the odds of that happening are so yeah. low just I, don't do it let somebody else land on the landmine
0: I'll i'll say for anybody out there who is on the pits train it is the same bet as you were making last year i would say we're, yes we're... he's he's coming back from an acl he's around later essentially uh, he lost
1: that's... one round and he's losing one leg
0: <laughs> If if you think he is still the unicorn and desmond ritter takes a step I get it. He is
1: a unicorn. He's 100% a unicorn. He's a dynasty unicorn. He is a dynasty. In in redraft, he's more like, you know, the runt of the the thoroughbred litter, right? He's just plain Jane getting auctioned off to some family who wants to give their daughter a horse, okay? He's not a unicorn. All right. Now he's just a pony ride, all right? He's just (laughs) what he is.
0: Shadrach, if you think my 50% is crazy, my actual exposure will keep you up at night. Hey, man. I, I'm crossing my fingers for you. Uh, Omega okay. in the chat. It might be okay to chase the ADP up some, but with a guy like Penny and Nabucanda, you might need to set a line where this is as high as you'll pick and then let them go once he clears. Yeah, I, I mean, think, like, I think there are people who climb... As,
1: I think go that ahead. happens when you see, like, a significant ADP boost right? like, suddenly... Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, there's at, people at who point just I'm climb,
0: like... like, one, two rounds where, yeah, like, if you still think that's a good bet, I don't have an issue with it, but it's a player like Penny who, like, legitimately jumped six rounds that's not one that i really chase and like where mega said uh this is where you set the line of yes if it if it's here i'll take it but if it's before that i will not take the player and i think that makes a lot
1: of sense yeah it's important to set limits for yourself
0: yeah i think so you you mentioned that you set your exposure limit at like 26 percent or so i i go a little bit higher like i'm okay with hitting 30 percent, maybe even just above that with certain bets like as Gonna, I guess I'm just gonna keep saying it over and over again, Billy like Rashad Penny in the big board, I'm at 30%. I'm also at 30% on Roshan Johnson in the big board. Uh that was another one where uh he started in the 200s, and even though he climbed into the 170s, I uh, just continue to draft him the whole way because I still like that price.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think Darnell Washington's a better a better tight end than Kyle Pitts. At cost. Like in, at cost. He's almost free. And like if you want two touchdowns the massive human being standing in a sea of smaller than him. People is he,
0: here's the thing about Darnell Washington in best ball specifically. Uh, Cause like, I think he's a like a really bad bet for year one for sure. I mean, if all tight ends year one are, are pretty bad bets, Except but specifically Memphis. Darnell Washington, because there's a good chance he's just a sixth offensive lineman for the beginning of his career. Um, But, like, would it surprise anybody if the 6'7", 260-pound freak athlete caught six touchdowns but only on, like, 250 receiving yards? And that's fine for us because if he catches, you know, a couple touchdowns in a couple games, makes your lineup two to three times as a 19th round, 18th round pick, you know, and drafts, like, that's still fine.
1: Do you want to hear something absolutely disgusting? Let's hear it. People are happier with the Conk Daddy at tight end last year than they were Kyle Pitts, and their ADPs were hundreds of true. picks apart. So but unless Kyle was
0: actively hurting teams,
1: yes, last year. and he will again because there's <laughs> somebody else like the Conk Daddy, Tyler Conklin, who's gonna catch four passes for 70 yards and two touchdowns by accident, and he's gonna boost you that week. Which is why I think if you're targeting these tight ends, it has to be the hyper volume has to be Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, less so Hawkinson. I would chase Goddard at his ADP. I absolutely would be smashing George Kittle as much as humanly possible if the Brock Purdy stuff, even the Sam Darnold stuff is true. Because um, even though they are yeah. dog water quarterbacks, they target those guys because they only run five yards uh, past the line of scrimmage because George Kittle was saved by Brock Purdy. I would yeah, rather was, have.
0: Yeah. He lit if, it up with Purdy. He won tournaments you, with Purdy.
1: Yes. If you miss any of those top five, six guys, just wait draft and Injoku, draft um, a lesser counts, uh, Evan Ingram. And then. Your guys like Juwan Johnson and some guy like Tyler Conklin, who can, I'm not saying draft Tyler Conklin, but pay attention to who that starting tight end is on that team. And like even guys like Chig, I, I don't know if I would bet on it,
0: right? Yes. An undersized of, right? tight end. Yeah. Shadrach in the chat is the rise oh, of there you go. MVP over Dulcich justified. I would no. not take Chig over Dulcich at all. And no. I like Chig. I like Chig. At Co- uh, well, I did like Chig. I don't Chig want Co- either. I really like Dulcich personally.
1: If I could get away with drafting neither, I would be equally as happy. <laughs> what did Dulcich do? I mean, the he, curious he case of three leg Greg is it needs to be examined because he had two two games that kind of stood out, and he was Listen, already you gotta like sell a yourself top six on, dynasty on, on tight end around
0: for Denver. I get it.
1: He was like a top eight dynasty tight end for just showing up. Which I think speaks more to the disappointment of Albert O's historic off season rise.
0: Listen, that uh, one still hurts anything
1: else. I bet it does. Unless you're someone like me who went, nah. Because let me tell you, after arguing back and forth with Jacob enough over Albert O, I think Jacob single handedly boosted Albert O's ADP and he's gonna do it again with Greg Dulcich. And I'm gonna have to say no. Um I, I don't like it. I mean Dulcich. To answer your was... question. No, it's not justified. So
0: Dulcich wasn't – uh uh I guess what I'm trying to say is like he actually showed something as a rookie, which is not what we expect, right? So he actually mm-hmm. he actually got on the field. He he had some plays.
1: I mean, Chico um, produced Traylon Burks in the same role, so that says something. <laughs> is Tannehill going to be their quarterback? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. And if he's not, who
0: it's, is? It's really looking like he's not going to be at this point. Right. Maybe they're the one – There's the link for them to trade for Trey Lance. Ron Carthon coming from San Francisco, Mm -hmm. running things there. There's that link there. There's been rumors about them trying to trade up in this draft. Are you
1: going to be super hyped for Chig if it's Trey Lance? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Because it's Uh, a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. I love Trey Lance. That would be great for him. Do I want his receivers? I don't know if I wanted his receivers in San Francisco. Because Trey Lance is rushing upside profile. Yeah. Not necessarily multiple weapon producing profile, especially someone who's not already known to be amazing. A trade shifts everything, especially at a position like quarterback.
0: That would, it would be wild. I mean, if he gets, if he makes his way to Tennessee, if Trey Lance makes his way to Tennessee, I mean, you're, you're hoping that, I mean, we don't know. We have, we still have no idea what he's going to be in the NFL. We don't have enough to go off of, um, but that Tennessee doesn't really have much there other than Burks and Chig, and the offense is the passing game will run through them. Mm-hmm. The offense will still run through Derrick Henry. If he, if he's there, he's been rumored to be on the, on the trade block as well, but maybe yeah, it's condensed I mean... enough that, that they're okay. But I, I like you, I would be really apprehension uh, apprehensive about that offense.
1: If I if I had to pick the two, like I would definitely take someone like Dulcich, but I d- I don't think he's really providing you an elite elite upside above. Again, again, you can just look at the looking at the tight end position. I I'm reading what you're saying, okay? Uh, but go look go look at Conklin's uh season last year. Like I like you'll you'll be amazed.
0: If you if you were to go look, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up
1: right now. I'm gonna do it right now. Uh and why players like that are just oh my gosh. We have tight end 10, 14, 4, 15, 1, 15, 11, 8. This is Tyler Conklin. So what are you really and they, chasing? And they're
0: supposed to have Aaron Rodgers.
1: Right and, and whether Conklin's even useful at that point, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no my, my point is is that if you do not have those top five, right or top yeah. six, chances are you're gonna be able to supplement that with Jawan Johnson, Ty Conklin, and and Joku maybe, yeah, and be I'm, I'm a fan
0: of the either elite or completely waiting to mm-hmm. the end, and I'm no stranger to taking three tight ends, just like end of the draft, the Mm -hmm. last three picks, three tight ends, whatever, you know, if I just, we're just trying to get eight points a week, you know, out of the position, like that's
1: fine. Yeah. When it comes to just upper tier games, you're, you're chasing a lot. And I mean, again, Dulcich was really good. He had the one game against Baltimore. Shout out those Ravens where he was the top, you know, two tight end in PPR. And remember that's not, this is 0.5. We're not even talking yeah. about getting the PPR bump, right? So the big touchdown games are going to super matter. Let's yeah. not forget about that too. So you need to find someone that's also able to do it in a fewer amount of of receptions, which difficult, but find the touchdown guys.
0: Yeah. It, it the more The more we try to analyze it, the more it's still just as simple as it always is. You just go elite or you wait and you just take a bunch of darts. It's like this every year, but Thomas, this was great. Thanks for coming on talking about BBM 4 with me. Appreciate you as always, always enjoy getting to talk to you, but before we get out of here, what do you got for me? What do you want to promote?
1: Oh my gosh. What don't I have? Uh, If you like video games and stuff, Thomas, FF over there on the Twitch uh, Tuesdays, we obviously have full tilt fantasy. Uh, We're doing a bonus episode this week. Uh, Because the week of the draft Wednesday, because we're psychos at fantasy points. We are still drafting a best ball team the night before the draft Thursday and Friday. We're live drafting all night with uh, myself, John Hanson, Sirius XM, Brett Whitefield, Scott Barrett, Graham Barfield, uh, Chris Wecht. A whole bunch of guys going to be coming through fantasy points, which I don't know why they have me there. (laughs) <laughs> um i guess they saw how hilarious the full tilt live draft shows were gonna be and we're like yeah this is a great idea but hopefully they don't fire me before then that's over at fantasy points to go and check that out you're not gonna want to miss uh kind of a crazy night that's gonna be obviously a ton of live draft streams i totally get it but uh that kind like this group of people it's I mean, something else those
0: names great.
1: yeah it's 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 Again, hard to believe that I'm going to be there. I'm totally being honest with you. And then outside of that, Full Tilt is doing one draft night. We're doing day three. We're going to do a full Dynasty Breakdown. Myself, Big Billy makes his return uh, after getting his PhDs. Shout out, Billy. And uh, Jacob uh, will be joining us as well. And likely some guests will schedule for day three for a fantasy fallout. So... Tons of stuff. I mean, we've got six, seven different things I'm doing this week alone because I have no life. So, yeah, you're, you're also always a very busy man. Tuning into uh, JWB as much as I can. And you should be too by hitting the sub button and the notification button. All of it. Do it everywhere. Be smart. Be a better
0: player. <laughs> I appreciate you and appreciate you doing part of my job here to, to wrap this up. Uh, as Thomas said, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, YFB underscore FF. You can find JWB on Twitter at JWB underscore FF or all the content at jwb_fancyfootball.com. Finish up this housekeeping. We've got our Patreon we just launched. Lots of cool content, exclusive content there and there only that you can get. Uh, There's the Discord, which the link is in the description of this, where we've got mock drafts, rookie mock drafts going on every day in addition to the just swath of information and conversation that's happening on their daily basis. And as you see, there's that little underdog logo in the top corner of this video. If you're watching, we're sponsored by the underdog. If you sign up to underdog with code JWB, you get a first time deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's going to wrap things up. We'll see you next time.